Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, and I am excited this week to have my good friend and uh, business confidant Hope Stevenson on here with us. She runs a she runs several businesses. I'm going to talk to her about that. We're going to try to have some good news for everybody and uh, I'm also going to get into some tactics. Hope has some really good tactics that she's been sharing with a group that I've been in that um, that they're doing for business uh, you know as of today as of this week as we know it's a very fluid situation and things change every week. So Hope, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be on here. I'm honored. Hope is a such a good friend of mine. We in fact she doesn't even know what she knew barely of what we we're going to talk about. We don't rehearse. We don't say anything. We're just going to have a conversation kind of like we always do. So thank everything's you. fair game. So ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our conversations are sometimes funny. <laughs> sometimes weird, sometimes weird and awkward, but hey, here we are. Um I did. I had a little bit of good news this week. I uh, well, last week we found a baby squirrel, and you know, normally you know squirrels don't make great pets, but sometimes they make that most awesome little pets temporarily. And uh, this, we found one out by our dumpster, and he he just we almost he almost got thrown away accidentally in some of our debris. We were tearing down a chimney, and uh, this little guy and. They brought him into the office, and at this point, we're still working on a reduced staff and hours, but he immediately, the little baby squirrels just want to be with you, and they want to hug you and curl up with you, and then we named him Frank, and all the, all the ladies in the office liked him, and we took, time, took turns taking him home until we could get him placed in a wildlife rehab place, but they were closed because of the coronavirus. So we didn't know what to do with him, and uh, we all got attached to him. We even put a top hat on him and took pictures with him, and, and we we just did everything with Frank. And so, but the good news is we got in place last night with a wildlife rehab uh, place that has other squirrels and uh, helps them. So Frank was great for us. We all miss Frank. So that was. That was the good news amongst the crazy. And uh, I asked Hope, I said, Hope, tell me, tell me something good that's going on. So Hope, tell me something good. Okay, absolutely. First of all, though, I have to say, Mark, if you have an ugly animal that needs adopted, just put a top hat on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get adopted in a heartbeat. I love it. You it's the same if, if you need a date. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Top hat. We'll yeah. yeah. Uh, so my good news today was actually, uh, it was funny when we were talking, when you and I were talking about scheduling this, um, we talked about Thursday and I was like, Oh, I can't do it till after, you know, 2 PM my time, which I'm actually on Pacific time right now. I'm like I can't do it till after 2 PM. I'm volunteering at a pantry on Thursday mornings. So this pantry did not exist before. It's just started because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's just a place that people can go drop things off. 
and then any extra supplies and then anyone who needs something can come take something for free. So my good news was I woke up to an email this morning and I had volunteered to do Thursday shifts every more, every, like, you know, every Thursday woke up to an email this morning that said, we have four volunteers for today's schedule. So mm. if you have something else to do today, you don't have to come in. And I no. was like, Oh, that's amazing. So <laughs> just super encouraging to see how many people are stepping up to the plate and, yeah. and confidence to know that if you do need something, there's someone out there who's willing to give it. For sure. You know, we got a call today from, uh, from Vanderbilt Health asking if we had any N95 masks. And we've gotten a couple calls now that people are really going out. And I've seen some posts where people are saying, hey, if anybody needs my gloves or my mask or whatever. And, you know, whether you like the government's response and you believe in it or you don't, it's Americans are the great part of it. The people that really can do great. And the news loves to find the negative about people doing really dumb stuff and they rarely find the great stuff. You have to talk to real people to find the great stuff. But there's a lot of it out there and a lot of people, especially the healthcare workers and those people that are really putting in the time. I, I, can't, I hope they do a big celebration of those people when we get through this. Right. Absolutely. And let's us celebrate like the, you know, the friend of a friend or the friend who's a healthcare worker, like mm -hmm. not big celebration, but like, let's just personally celebrate those people in any way we can too. Yeah. That's, it's amazing what you see. Yeah, there's there's some really great stories coming around that I've, I've started watching. But so hope we, um, you know, we've been on some boards together. Um, we, we've been in several groups together. Tell the people who don't know who you are, you know, what who are you? What what kind of businesses do you run? And and just tell them a little bit about who Hope Stevenson is. OK, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> on the I'm spot. Put my top hat on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll look better. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I started in college with a communications major, so I've always loved and enjoyed people and I've always been quote unquote, a helper. Like that's mm -hmm. where my heart is. I like to assist people and help people. And so far in my life, it's come out through business. So, um, my husband and I have a couple companies in Arizona. And when I say my husband and I, he gets most of the credit. He does all the heavy lifting and all the hard work, but so we have some um, construction companies in Arizona, a glass company, a metals company, and mm -hmm. he runs those full time. And then I've been blessed that I've been able to do business facilitation consulting on my own. So I have a company and this is how I met you, Mark, and how mm -hmm. I got to travel and be on boards with you and groups with you. Um, I do a lot of facilitation of small groups that small, small to medium sized business owners that get together and compare ideas. And right. I get the honor to honor facilitating those. So when I talk about things that like I do, the bulk of it is things that I have learned from other people. Like mm -hmm. I get this amazing opportunity to see best practices, I call it. So I have right now about 60 businesses that I call my clients because mm -hmm. I facilitate groups that they're in. So I get to hear from them what works and what doesn't. And then I get to apply that to our own construction companies and apply it to when I'm trying to help other people too. Yeah. You know, in, in our situation, we call that a mixed group. And, and I know you've, it's been one of the best things I've ever done for my business. And I've watched you kind of grow as a facilitator. You kind of have, it's kind of like herding cats with a bunch of business owners in a room, but 
You it's such like a... hurting buffalo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're all alpha. Alpha is one yeah. way or another. But you do a great job of that. And you do learn a lot. You learn a lot of what to do and what not to do. Is that? Yeah. And you really, what do you enjoy about doing that? Did I lose you? Yeah. Oh, are you there? Yeah. I'm oh, here lost now, you for but a I did lose you. Yeah. I was asking you uh, this part of the problem with recording like this, but what do you enjoy about facilitating those groups? So that's a great question. Um, I enjoy the diversity of it. So what I've, what it's taught me is that there's a thousand different ways to get to the same result, right? So mm-hmm. what I enjoy is seeing how to use personal strengths, like, you're good at something, Mark, that I'm horrible at. And maybe there's something out there that I'm good at that you're horrible at. Oh. And, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. But for each of us to find, okay, we maybe have the same problem that we're attacking, but how do we use our strengths to do that? So it's really cool for me to watch all those mixed group members as facilitator. I get to watch them all do that and to learn from how they're doing that. So the really the diversity to get to the same goals is, is right. it keeps it interesting and keeps it lively for me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And anybody out there that, you know, is listening that may not be in one or wants to know about it, you know, get, it's called a management exchange, uh, management information exchange group. But, you know, there's other mastermind groups, but I think it's one of the fastest ways you can learn when you walk into someone else's business and either like business or even not a like business. Like a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, we went to your business and Darren Bebo's business, which were glass companies, metal companies, and skylight businesses. Well, we're in the chimney business, but I can tell you it was one of the best meetings I've been to. We just learned so much from watching you guys, how you run your business, that we can take them back. So the people who listen to this, go talk to people. Get If they'll let you walk around their business, I promise you, you'll learn so much from each person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, business is business and business is about leadership. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what service you provide or what product you provide. We all have commonalities. Mm-hmm. Can I yeah, just make that sure. word up? Commonalities? <laughs> I, I, it's one common. of my favorite words, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so hope you, the other day you put out a, a message to our group and had a bunch of um, had a bunch of strategies that you guys are starting to implement. And I want I thought that was really powerful. In fact, I used it the other night on a big conference call as part of my strategies that we'd implemented. But can you talk to the people about some of the things you've learned recently, even some of the things we were talking about the other day about bank lending and loans? And I know you're not a banker, but Give us the lowdown of what you guys are doing, applying for, and and what you know about this situation for businesses. Yeah, so absolutely, because honestly, that's a little bit of relief not being at the pantry today, because that's what I've been looking at all day today, because things are changing minute by minute. Right now, the big thing is the um, payroll protection plan through the SBA. So um, what I've learned is that you got to find what's right for you. And I, the, I think the biggest lesson of this whole thing for me, especially if we look at loaning and banking is how important it is to have a relationship with a banker, not a bank. So you could easily run your company 
online with a bank, right? You can remote deposit stuff. You can transfer funds. You can withdraw things. And that's great when we were in last year and the economy was rocking. When you're in a situation like this, you need someone on your team that knows and does finance and has ways to get you to financing. So, you know, let me just say something really quickly. That's so interesting that you say that because many years ago, I remember Sooty Bob Daniels and talking about, he said, you can always go in a bank and go through the drive through and deposit your checks and go on. He goes, don't do that. Go in the bank, get to know the people, get to know the staff. Cause when you need something, they know who you are. You get, it's better. You get better service. You get moved to the front of the line of what you're saying. It seemed to go away. Everything was online, but you're right. I happen to know my banker. I'm talking to them all the time. And that's such a great point to get to know your banker. Yeah. They get one of the biggest Christmas gifts we give out every year. <laughs> really? And we do. We do one for the gentleman who works directly with us. And then we do, you know, something for like sits in the lobby. It's for all the tellers, but yeah. And the, the other thing we've done too, is we've, really divert. We've gone to a local bank. Um, mm -hmm. And so smaller in the grand scale of things, but they're still FDIC insured. Like they still, they still have all the backing and all the things you need for safety and just stability, but they have kind of a small business attitude, just like you have a small business attitude and it just, it melds really well. It's really great. So that's mm -hmm. been the biggest thing for me, you know, and, and so, you know, there's loans right now up through the SBA. Um, and even if they're funded by the bank or funded directly through the SBA, they have like three different loans out right now that you can look at. But even me being able to ask them questions about the ones that are funded through the SBA, not even the ones that they're touching, has been invaluable for us. Right. Yeah. We um, are you. So go ahead and explain the, the payroll protection. Sure. Um, Yep. things in case people don't really know what that was. I've talked to several businesses that don't think they can get it. They're small operations. They are 1099 or they work, you know, something. So explain what that is. Absolutely. And now, you know, this is, and I want to just throw this out there too. Um, it's been crazy recently trying to take in all this information. And every mm -hmm. time you go online or you turn the TV on, you're hearing something different, even if it's just slightly different. For me, it's been really important for me to identify, no matter what I'm trying to figure out, to identify the valid sources for it. So like mm. uh, the Family First Act that came out a little while ago, obviously Congress.gov has the actual bill, but then you're going to look at the Department of Labor and the IRS because they're the ones that are implementing it, right? So for right. this PPP thing, um, you know, it's really important. You can Google it and hear crazy a million different things it's really important you know use the sba as a source mm -hmm. and use your bank now not all banks are are offering this but use your banks that's offering it for information so the information i'm going to talk about are from those two sources with that okay. said it's still changing minute by minute so that's kind of my little disclaimer sure. um, you whatever i say you'll need to verify with a valid source, right? But yep. mm -hmm. so basically what it is, is the government, my understanding, they put it into play because they wanted to encourage employee retention. So I know a lot of businesses hit panic mode and for good reason, 
but you know, need to lay people off because right now if we're shut down, we don't have work for them. Right. So the idea was the government put this into play to give you relief as a business that you pay your employees through your business versus them going to unemployment and going through the unemployment. So what they've done is they have taken SBA loans and made them super simple. So there's no personal guarantee. There's no collateral needed. There's not even a personal credit check. Um, and you, so anyone can apply under 500 for this PPP and what under 500 employees, under 500 employees. Yes. Right. Um, now there might be other caveats for larger, this nonprofits can, can apply too. Um, For the businesses, I know it's, it's opening up tomorrow, April 3rd. And then, and this part is, this part I don't have verification on. I've been told April 10th that we'll open up to 1099s and independent contractors or like sole mm. proprietors. But that definitely verify that because you don't want to wait thinking that and, and not move fast enough. So right. in my head, April 3rd. <laughs> right. But yeah. Just be ready. Right. So the idea is they you look at your last 12 months of payroll, average monthly payroll. They let you include payroll taxes. They let you include benefits. So any healthcare you pay out, any retirement plans, anything like that. And I won't go too far into the weeds. I'll just give you an overview of it. Um, But so once you know your average monthly payroll, looking at the last 12 months, you take that times a multiplier of 2.5. And that's right. the number that you are allowed to ask to borrow. That's the number you're allowed to apply for. Okay. Right. If mm-hmm. the, if I get accepted and it's a super easy application, if I get accepted, then they will send me that amount of money. And from the date I receive it, I have eight weeks to use it and I can use it for payroll. I can use it for interest on any mortgage payments. I can use it for rent. And I can use it for the kind of the weird one that they didn't really define was any other existing debt. Um, And then I can use it for utility payments. So over those eight weeks, I'm going to take that money. I'm going to pay all of those bills, all of those obligations with that money. At the end of eight weeks, you will put in an application again through your bank that that funded your loan you'll put in an application to them for forgiveness. And so this is the amazing part. This is why it's like nothing else. Um, they possibly could forgive up to 100% of it. They're going to judge it based on what did you use the money for? Right. Did you retain the same number of employees? So they're going to look at a, a date, a previous date, and see how many full-time employees you had. And as long as you retain close to that same level, and or and you don't lower the payroll compensation by 25% or more like i can't keep all 83 of my people but tell them mm-hmm. all they now get half their pay that wouldn't right. qualify right so what right. they're going to do is based on those factors they will you know waive up to 100% of it and they'll probably come back honestly they probably with us like we kind of played the scenario game and it looks like you know hopefully we'll have about 75 percent of it waived which is awesome so at that point that you put in an application for forgiveness they get it back to you you have six months so if i do owe money at the end of the day or if i if they don't forgive all of it not owe, but if they don't forgive all of it i have six months deferred payments Mm -hmm. i can it's only a 0.5 interest rate and I would have yeah. two years to pay it off and yep. they waive the prepayment penalty. 
So, you know, our thought is we're going to, we're going to, you know, ask for the max, whatever we don't use. If they don't forgive it, we'll just pay that amount back right away to not even pay any interest, but Mm -hmm. to really, you know, really take advantage. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's free money, but it's because we're continuing to employ people and pay people. So, you know, it's a great thing. It's amazing. You know, and it is a great thing. Um, it's a lot of people say, you know, they say we you shouldn't take from the government or whatever. All you conservatives now, you want to do some kind of a, you know, uh, you know, socialist thing. That's not it at all. It's like it's kind of like the government drove a, a truck through your front door because uh, they stopped your business, and now they got to pay for the damage. It's kind of what this is, and so I we're going to basically do the same thing and. Uh, Use you know go for the most we can, and then whatever we don't do just turns into a, a low interest loan that you pay back over two years or immediately if you don't need it. And a lot of my I had to lay a few people off. Uh, they're going to start being laid off tomorrow or Monday, but everybody that we're keeping, we are going through the payroll protection, and we're going to you know just basically not have them apply for unemployment because right now in the state of Tennessee, it's at least three weeks before you'll even get your first check because they're so overloaded. So if you can get the payroll protection and keep your people out of unemployment, uh, that just seems like such a better thing for them and you and the state for not having to go through that part of it. So we're going to, yeah. Yeah. So we looked at it going forward too. So, you know, one of the companies needs it a little bit more than the other, if I'm speaking of myself, mm-hmm. right? Because we have multiple construction companies. But our thought is we are going to take advantage of it because we also want to be, this is an opportunity for us when we do open back up, when the when the world just goes back to normal, for mm-hmm. us to be in a really good starting position. Yes. So we want to keep our employees because when when it does open up for business, there's going to be a mad grab for people, right? When people start getting busy again and suddenly they have no employees because they laid them off. And we don't want our people being talked to by other people or going elsewhere. So we just really want to use this right now. And to, to, you know, even if we could survive without it, this is really going to help us be in a good position to get back in the, in the, you know, when things get hot again. I, I agree, and I think they will. There's going to be a pent-up demand, and Taylor Hill talked about it last week on the on the podcast. There's going to be a pent-up demand for all these services, we believe. And and once it breaks loose, there's going to be going to be really busy. You got to be ready. You got to have the people in place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what if you're a very small business, one or two people? You don't really have payroll, payroll taxes. You just pay yourself, and you do work. What's what's the process for you if you don't really have the payroll and the health and all that stuff? What do you do if you're a business that you just had to shut down? Yeah. So, you know, the same through this plan, it, it's ultimately the same, right? It's just gotcha. going to be a different number. So mm-hmm. and if you go to SBA, um, the SBA website, I, I'm pretty sure it's SBA.gov, but just, mm-hmm. just Google SBA. Um, mm-hmm. They have it's it's called the PPP. They have every information you need to know. You can click on a link and you can, it's even like frequently asked questions. So yeah, yeah, you can apply. Um, They, my understanding is, you know, 1099 wages, any salaries you would take yourself, like Uh they're allowing all of that. So um, it's just really a different starting number. Right. Is what it is. 
Um, and then, you know, in a situation like that, you might want to look at some of the other SBA loans that are out there that are more traditional loans, where mm -hmm. it's actually a loan. It's not based on your payroll. Like, it's not dictated to you what the loan amount is or anything like that. And it's a longer term loan that you could use. So, you know, now the SBA, you cannot have two of the same type of loan, but you can now have multiple SBA loans. So you could get one of the others, like the economic injury loan, along with the PPP. So mm. my advice for, for, you know, the smaller one or two people thing is to look at all of it and maybe even try multiple, you know, try to apply for multiple things. It doesn't yeah. have to apply, right? Like that's, you get told no, exactly. you're in the same spot you were before you applied. Right. We were doing, that's exactly what our plan was. We were going to apply for the PPP first. If for some reason we didn't get it or it wasn't enough for what we needed to do, we were going to then look at another second stage, the economic injury mm -hmm. uh, loan and all that kind of stuff that had either like almost no interest or, yep. you know, lo really long terms, like yeah. 30 year to payback or something. So They've made these loans unbelievably good. Like the SBA yeah. traditionally before, you know, they, they, they had more fees and penalties to them. They had more, you know, stipulations on them. Right. Now they're, they're even better than bank loans. Like they're wide open. Oh, yeah. They're amazing right now. So when I, when we went to look at it the first time, they wanted to tie my personal house into yeah. it. They yeah. wanted to do all this stuff and it was really rough, but yeah. now it, it, and it's really not based on credit worthiness. Now it's just based on need, right. which is right. a completely different factor that yes. we, than we've ever had. Yep. But so, okay, that's excellent information. Tell me some other tactics, like you talked about what you guys are doing. You get, had some ideas to reduce workers' comp, general liability, like some of your just tactics that you guys are doing to save cash right now as well. Right, right. So, you know, obviously the, the you know, the duh one is a spending freeze. So we are only buying things that are materials for jobs. We're still on the essential list in the state of Arizona construction is, mm -hmm. but we're not doing any of the extras. So we put, we're only buying materials for jobs. Um, or if, you know, we meet, need to make a payment to a vendor to get a waiver, to get ourselves paid. But so that's the obvious one. But then above that, what we did was we made a list of all of our normal expenses and we said, okay, right. which ones are frivolous? Like, um, you know, a friend of mine's an accountant. She was telling me one of her clients had like four Adobe subscriptions and like only one computer <laughs> was actually using it, stuff like that. So first of right. all, get rid of the, um, fat. Okay. Right. Then we looked at the things that we could not get rid of and said, how do we lower that for a small amount of time? So first thing was, you know, if you have a mortgage, a lot of the banks, even if they're not some are even deferring payments, but even if they're not deferring payments, they will do interest only payments, but right. you have to ask them. And again, like there is absolutely no harm in asking, uh -huh. right? They I can only say no you, and you're in the same spot, right? So, I heard that you need to use the language that you've been affected by COVID. Like you literally have to use that language. They can't coach you and tell and ask you, but you have to, if you ask for that, if you say, I have been affected, and you can write up a letter or a note explaining, one, how you've been affected, and you have to use the language. And then secondly, how you plan on getting back on your feet, they will, up to 90 days, just pretty much grant that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and same thing with vehicle payments. If you have any vehicle payments, right, a lot of uh -huh. the... Um, 
you know, the manufacturers like Ford, GMC, a lot of them are offering either, again, deferment or call uh-huh. them and ask for an interest only. So we looked at all of our overhead bills that we couldn't necessarily get rid of and said, okay, can we at least minimize them somehow? Right. And then we got down to like the insurance part, right? So you know, we all have to have workers comp. We all have to have general liability. Now our workers comp gets calculated weekly and we have to pay it weekly, but a lot of people will pay it quarterly or at different time frames, And then you get audited at the end of the year. And it's all based on your projected, like you go in and tell them what you think you're going to have in wages. You pay that throughout the year and then you get an audit. So um, you know, obviously your wages are going to be less because work has slowed down. You may have laid people off. So call your mm-hmm. insurance company and adjust that number. The same with general liability. That is based on your projected sales for the year, right? right. So we know, well, you know, it's going to be slow for the next two months, three months. My sales are going to go down. Let's call the insurance company proactively instead of paying it all over the year and then getting money back. Let's call them now, adjust that projected revenue so that our premium goes down in these months that cash is tight. That's a great idea. So um, what about uh, also you mentioned, let's see, I'm looking at your notes here. Okay, good. Cause I'm having, a, I oh. was trying to rack my brain too. I'm like, Oh no, what did I write? So um, you talked about vendors, SBA loan taxes, you talked about employees. Uh, let me see here. Did you guys have to put up, like today I put up that warning for, our, not warning, the thing that tells employees what they have to do or what they're entitled to as yes. an employee yeah. if they have COVID. Can you yeah. talk about that a little uh, bit? Sure, yeah. So the um, the stimulus package right before the one that granted all the money, <laughs> the right. stimulus package before that was, it's, it's called the Families First Act, and there's a bigger term for it, but Basically, uh, you know, there was a bill that got passed. And so it granted what's called emergency sick leave. Okay. So Uh two things it extended. If you have more than 50 people in your company, so it's anyone under 500 and above 50, they extended FMLA benefits. Okay. Um, and we can, I don't, we can get into that a little bit, but let's go through the one that I think will affect everyone. The other one they did was they put in emergency sick leave pay. And so that is, again, for any businesses under 500, you are now required to pay out your employees. And there's six different reasons. Um, number one, if they get sick themselves. Number two is if they're not feeling good and are seeking medical attention, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not always easy to immediately get a COVID test. So gotcha. while they're seeking medical attention, they can get paid. Um, three was if they need to care for someone and it doesn't need to be a family member. It's just caring for someone who does have COVID. It's very different from caring for someone who's afraid of getting it. It's someone who, you know, caring for someone who has it. Then if, um, your child and it specifically says son or daughter, if your son or daughter is out of school and, or like their place of care, childcare, daycare is closed and you have to stay home to care for them. And then the last one is, you know, it's kind of this fun little caveat that they write into things. Um, but any other substantially similar conditions specified by the secretary of health. But basically <laughs> if you, if any one of those things happen to one of your employees, you are required to pay them out up to now if they're only sick for four days you don't have to pay them four days but it's technically 80 hours worth of their pay um so the posters you mentioned this is their right now the good news for us is 
Like I want to pay my people that because we actually, you get a tax credit for it. You get a credit on your payroll taxes. So you Mm. will get your money back. So, you know, initially I was like, oh man, they're going to make businesses pay for that. That's crippling. But they, they're giving us our money back through payroll tax credits. So I love it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it that we can provide for people. Um, It basically gives us 80 hours to provide for those who are affected without it hurting our business. So, so the, what happens, what happens if like it's happened today, one of my technicians, uh, their daycare is closed, but his wife couldn't take care of him today and he needed to call out because I can't, I don't know what she had to do. And would, would somebody, would I need to pay somebody for one day of that? Yeah. So that you would have to decide, you know, was it an eight hour day? Was it a five hour day? Because technically it's 80 hours is what the law says, not days. But not 80 hours in a row. No. So it could be split up. It could okay. be, yes. It could be, especially with the childcare thing. And so if it's a part-time employee, if it's a full-time employee, it's 80 hours. If it's a part-time employee, you take the average of what they would work in, in two weeks, and that's how many hours you need to pay them out before it stops. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And gotcha. now the, the other caveat to that, that was a great question, Mark. Because and um, if you have under 50 people, so if your business has under 50 people, they also gave us a little clause in there that you under 50, and I'm going to, I made some notes because I want to be able to state it exactly right. Under 50, the one thing you don't have to pay is the child care. So, oh, gotcha. Yeah. So they said super small businesses. So it says to ex- um, the authority, the secretary of labor can exempt small businesses with fewer than 50 employees from the requirements of section five, which is the childcare one, when the imposition of such requirements would jeopardize the viability of the business as a going concern. So you have gotcha. to know, you know, where you're at employee wise. Um, the other kind of thing. And so it's good to know this because you want to pay this correctly. If they are out because they are caring for someone else, you only pay them at two thirds their rate. Okay, so if if they're out and they're sick, they get their full rate. If yes. they're out caring for somebody else, it's two thirds of what they would get. Yeah. So the full rate, the full rate is paid out when they're sick or when they don't feel good and they're seeking medical treatment. That's full pay. And- Okay. Everything else is, is paid at two thirds. And then if you're under 50 people, you don't have to pay the childcare at all. So seeking medical. Yes. Is that, <laughs> how, how do you define yeah. seeking med- Do you know? Great how, how you question. Um, <laughs> so the good news about what they wrote into this bill for us is that they did allow us to ask for proof because our existing state law, someone can be gone for three days and take their PTO time without us without any proof of them actually being sick, right? Only on the fourth day. But they did write into this law um, reasonable notice after the first work day or portion thereof. So basically from the moment you start paying them for this, an employee receives paid sick time under this act. An employer may require the employee to follow reasonable notice procedures in order to continue receiving such paid sick time. So they really left it wide open. So... Um, the only recommendation I would have there is decide now, actually it went into effect on April 1st or yeah, April 1st. So, um, if you haven't already decided, decide now what your reasonable expectation is and put it in writing and make that a policy so that Mm -hmm. when, if it does come up, 
you've got a policy in play. And the biggest thing about right or wrong is if it's the same policy for every person in your company. Like I can't let someone, I can't. So we did a fit to work policy early this week where we started taking everyone's temperatures when they came to work. And then we have, we do that too. Yeah. And then we, and it, you know, you get sent home and then we have a way that they, they can either qualify this or come back. And it, it involves either, you know, a negative or positive COVID test and, or we are asking for doctor's documentation. So, um, and and that's not, that's not part of the law. That's what our company decided to do. Um, You decide. It just covers you. Because yeah. you made a policy that you abide right, by in right. case there's a discrepancy yeah. or something. The big point mm-hmm. is that you have a policy. It's it's written. Everyone was aware of it. And you treat everyone to the same policy. So, yeah. And mm. then the posters you had mentioned, dol.gov, there's links to them. Um, you are required to post them. And t- this is what explains it to your employees, what rights they have. You're required to post right. them. And they're recommending, because a lot of people, you know, their employees aren't working. So how are they going to see them in the lunchroom, right? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. the DOL site recommends that you post it on a website and or email them to everyone. But basically, gotcha. you do have to let people know that this is in play and that they have a right to this payment. Yeah, we just posted them today. And I'm going to have a meeting about it in the morning, just explaining what it is and their rights uh, under that and how that works. So. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, it's an awesome thing. Um, You have to do this before any, you can't, if you already give them PTO or vacation time, you can't insist on them using that first. For those six Mm -hmm. reasons that we talked about, this comes into play before they have to use anything of their own. But I personally love it because I'm getting refunded for this. Like I'm getting, I'm getting paid back for this. So I want to use these 80 hours if I can. Yeah, and it, it well, helps the employees. As long as, not, and it's, as long as they're not really sick, <laughs> right? Well, that's the six for the six reasons, right? Yeah, you know, uh-huh. for the six reasons, um, you know, I'd rather use the eighty hours and get my tax credit for it than them turning in their own PTO or vacation time. That is, I'm burdening that as the employer. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so this is a cool thing for both parties. You just got to do it yeah. right, you know. So you got to know what it says and then just follow it to the best you can. Yeah, very good. Um, we're about out of my normal, we are out of my normal Oops. time. Is there any, it's, oh, that's fine. It's, it's not set in stone. What, uh, anything else hope that you are doing or that you think people could benefit from knowing what's available to them or how to get help or what to watch out for? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's been a struggle for me because you want to watch every piece of news and you want to read everything you can find on the internet, but it's actually a little bit crazy and a little overwhelming. So I think the thing for me has been to really identify who I trust and who I know has their stuff together. Right. So when I hear something or I see something, then I can go to someone like you, Mark, you know, I'm always asking Mm -hmm. you, what are you doing? What, how are you handling Mm -hmm. this? You know, just just use that mentor, use that person that, you know, has the right ethics and has the good heart. Right. Like you do. But then also, you know, has some sort of knowledge. And so I'm able to check things by someone. So, you know, watch the news, read the articles, but understand that it's not all factual information. So I like passing it through someone. Yeah. 
and it's it, you know I, I get to pass it to a lot of people and it, it's finally all starting to make sense you know the more that we're exposed to it the more things we can read get factual and then as the government kind of actually starts to release the paperwork yes. and, you know I, I know we're going to be on another call here shortly and I've heard there's already a change to the PPP that we yes. that they just changed I, and my so, husband just slipped me a note by the way <laughs> uh-huh. oh yeah yeah so it looks like they may have changed the interest rate on us from when we were literally talking about it 20 minutes ago right yeah so that's the other percent. thing just be okay with changes expect changes don't yeah. think you know it and drop it like you, yeah. you do have to stay current, you know? So, yep. Yeah. Be ready awesome. to move. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm going to end with, uh, you know, uh, on my podcast, I talk about something called dumb is real. And you've heard <laughs> me say that before. So right now my, my dumb is real for this week is the people that are out there blaming uh, others, mm-hmm. blaming government uh, in the middle of the crisis, it's not the time to blame. It's a time to fix and help. There's plenty of time for blame afterwards. If there was negligence or missed stuff, that, that can all happen later. But it doesn't help and it takes away. So my dumb is real is on the media and on the people that are trying to point fingers and blame others. That, that could not be more useless waste of our time and efforts is to start blaming in the middle of a crisis. And so... Um, all right, guys, that's my time. Thank you so much, Hope, for, for joining me. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.